0: everybody. I hope you're doing well today. You're about to hear a sermon at Laurentian Wesleyan Church in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. Whether you attend our church or are listening for the first time, we sincerely pray this recording is of help to you. And Don't forget, it's always better live. Join us each Sunday at 10:30 a.m. Thanks again for listening. He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. I'm gonna come a little closer. Don't be shy. <clears throat> I won't c- finish that. Amen. I uh my uh, my trusty iPad, you know, when you ever use technology, it kind of is last last week it made me a bit nervous because I opened it up and it was black. And I thought, uh oh, no sermon today, but there's a sermon today. Um, <clears throat> You know, this past week I mentioned that we had a privilege of having the the pastors uh, come and uh, and just had a great t- time together. And uh, you know what? I uh, I must admit I was a little jealous. I'm not. You know, I know you're not supposed to be jealous, but Dave Johnson from Powassan was saying that in January he's headed to Israel. And uh, you know what? I uh, I know that Bev, you've been to you've been to Israel, haven't you? Yeah. It's, that is a trip of a lifetime. I would love someday to go to Israel and walk where, where Jesus walked when he was on this, on this earth. But one place I would like to go, and it's not necessarily a, a, a spiritual place, I'd love to go someday to the Dead Sea. Uh, it's always, you know, if you've ever you know, learned about the Dead Sea, it just seems like a fascinating place. Uh, and you know I've I've had friends that have went, and you know they send back the pictures of them floating in the in the Dead Sea, and I can't remember the numbers, but like the amount of uh, salination, I guess it's called, or salt in the Dead Sea is so much higher than the than the ocean that you can just you know float. And uh, but unfortunately, it also means that there's not much life there, right? Uh, not much can survive in that in that environment, and it's called the Dead Sea. Partly because of that, but also because and you know, this could be why this is this happens, but because the Jordan River is the main tributary that comes into the Dead Sea, but nothing really leaves it. Right? You know, you have lakes around here and you can usually you know, I think of when you go in a canoe you can find where usually the water comes in and you can find where it goes out, right? At the other end, or unless it's spring fed or those kind of things, right? But in the Dead Sea there is nothing it doesn't leave. And uh, in fact, uh, as I understand it, it actually is uh, it, it's a problem because it, it is shrinking and they, you know, all these kind of things. And so they try to work with that. But there are no outlets, right? There's just stuff coming in. It doesn't go out and the water just evaporates and becomes saltier and all those things. You know, today we, uh, that reminds me of something that we want to talk about today. We're, we're in our series called The Power in You About the holy spirit the third person of the trinity and uh you know this this image of the dead sea can help uh, it helps me understand something about the holy spirit and you know one of the words that we're using of course reading the title and we're using it today is that word power right the word power when we when i think of the holy spirit and what scripture says i think of the word power And you know what? The songs that we sing about the Holy Spirit are also a reminder of what I think about, you know, the dead scene. There's a caution that we have to, uh, that we have to uh, be careful of, I think. You know, what are some of the songs, even some that we've sung today? Holy Spirit, last week, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Fill this atmosphere. Some of you know this, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Hover over me, Holy Spirit, Jesus, come and fill me now. You know, and the reminder I would have today is sometimes we get focused on us when we think of the Holy Spirit. We think of, come fill this place, come and fill me. I need you. I'm empty. Would you come? And those things aren't, aren't wrong. We need those things. But that's not a complete picture of the Holy Spirit, I don't believe. Because when we think of the Dead Sea and the water coming in and the significance of the Jordan River and, and, uh, and all these things, uh, and that there is no outlet, I think it can help us understand what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to flow, but there has to be an outflow. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it is today, right? There has to be somewhere for it to come out, (laughs) right? Or there is stagnation and there's death, right? We want the Holy Spirit to fill us, but it has to be turned outward. We don't want to only be receiving We want to be sending out as well. We want flowing in, but we also want that outflow. And the verse we want to focus on today is Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends ends of the earth. God has called us to change the world in his name. The gift of the Holy Spirit is meant to be turned outward to impact others rather than inward, only towards ourselves. Herein lies the real power. Herein lies the real power. You know, I think of my, uh, my friend Pastor David at, uh, at Calvary, and he spoke about, you know, the day of Pentecost. Of course, a Pentecost church emphasizes that maybe more than we do, but he talked about how it's so important— he feels for their congregation to know that this is not just about receiving. It's about going out. And we'll be looking at the day of Pentecost next week, Lord willing. There are times, you know, there are many times that I read Scripture, and I'm, I'm baffled by the hard-heartedness or hard-headedness. Another word, I don't know if that's a word, but the hard-headedness of the disciples. Are you ever, you know, you think, man, they just came from this miracle, and they just seem to not get it. And I'm baffled by it sometimes. I mean, Jesus had done all these amazing things uh, among them in their lives. And he had gone to the cross, but he had risen again. And they were standing with him, witness to this incredible thing that he had done. And he promised them that the Father was going to send them this gift of the Holy Spirit. And you wouldn't blame them for not completely understanding what this understand uh, what this gift would look like. But they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And even now, (laughs) even after Jesus has risen from the dead, there's a sense where they didn't, they still didn't quite get it. They still didn't quite get it. The kingdom Jesus was establishing was far beyond this earthly kingdom but the disciples couldn't help but focus on what they could see and what they wanted right they still thought that you know on some level he was going to kick out the romans and they would have their nation back and that's why i'm tempted to say how hard-headed and hard-hearted <laughs> could they be right because we would say man if, if jesus would just show up to my loved one then they would then they would know But then I have to look at myself and I'm reminded that I can be just as hard-headed and hard-hearted and I think each of us can be at times. I look to what I see, I look to what I want, I look to my needs and sometimes I forget to say, God, what do you want? And I think that's number one today as we look at this mission he has given us to change the world in his name, we need to be careful to not focus on the wrong goal. We need to be careful not to focus on the wrong goal. You know, the Samaritan's Purse movie last night was a powerful uh, documentary, wasn't it? And uh, it, uh, you couldn't help but it. Uh, it was really well done. And uh, I encourage you to, I think we have a copy, to lend around. So if you'd like to see it, make sure and take that. It's, it's, it's a docu- it is more of a documentary, but it's, uh, it's excellent. And, uh, of course, it was about those care workers that were working to help um, those in West Africa fight Ebola. And I was just reminded, you know, we kind of hear these words and we think, well, you know, it's just another, another disease, another infection. But just reminded how horrible this was for those that suffered. And uh, the story was mainly centered around Dr. Kent Brantley, an American who contracted Ebola but survived. And he talked about, he talked about his experience. And uh, you know what, the one, the one thing that impacted me, and of course, just, I mean, stating the obvious, he was facing all those emotions that would come with the thought of leaving his wife and his two children. And, uh, you know, and his wife was processing all this as, as he was stuck in Africa, and she was in Texas, and, and they eventually were able to bring him bring him uh, back to America. Um, I was struck by what he said at the end. And he said he was learning about what it means to have faith in Christ. And he said this. I'm not sure if this is exactly. You can correct me. But he said, I'm reminded and I know now that my faith is not safe. My faith is not safe. And he kind of, I mean, it was quite, quite a thing some of those that even uh, I, I believe the nurse the nurse is there isn't she again like she's over in Africa they went back and uh, you know C- Dr. Kent said he would be willing you know if the Lord put that in front of him you know I'm not sure <laughs> would I be willing uh, to go back I hope so with the Lord's help but my faith is not safe I found that a very convicting. Statement, right? Because what do we talk about faith? Well, man, if you just receive Christ, your life will be great, right? Sometimes we say things like that. And it's not about our life being great, it's about purpose. It's about His life in us. It's about doing something bigger than ourselves. It depends on your definition of great, I suppose. I don't know about you, but too often my prayers go something like this God, do this. God, do this. But I think our prayers, I think our prayers should, should probably go a little bit more like this. God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to do? So Jesus told them to wait and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And sometimes we are guilty of treating, we're, tr- we're guilty of treating the Holy Spirit like a, a self-help guru, if you know what I, what I mean. If, if we just read Scripture and work hard, the power that's in us will arise and we can accomplish great things. Have you ever heard that idea? And we sometimes can kind of start thinking that way in the church. Boy, you know, if we just buckle in here. But the power of the Holy Spirit, and we'll be looking at this in more detail as we look at uh, the day of Pentecost next week. When the Holy Spirit came and the church was born, but this power has come on you before it's in you. It's come on you before it's in you. Number two, the Holy Spirit's power has to be received. It has to be received. You know what? Even as I kind of wrote that title for this series, The Power in You, I struggled a bit with that because you could take that a little bit uh, what I would call new agey, right? Well, the power is in you, right? You have the power in you if you just believe in yourself. No. No, the power is not just in you. You have to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's His power at work in us. It's His power. The power comes from beyond you. And when the Holy Spirit lives in you, He's doing the heavy lifting in our lives. I think a significant way that this shows up in a person's life is their humility. Right? Is if they are humble or not. You know, I once received an award... Uh, you know, a button that said humble, but they took it away because I wore it. Think of think Right? I think, I think the—you the <laughs> can grow, that's all right. I think the level of, of the Holy Spirit and, and how much we have surrendered to him can, can show up in our humility, right? And, and uh, you know what? You've, I think you've experienced this when you said, boy, I really appreciated that, whatever it was, to someone else. And uh, you know what? I think we can be. Uh, you know, we don't want to look down on ourselves. I've seen some people. You know, you'll come and say, uh, "Boy, that was. I really enjoyed that when you did that." And you almost feel bad for saying it because they're like, "Oh, I am a worm and I am nothing." And you know, it's okay to just say thank you. But you can tell cancer right away when someone just has that. Boy, I'm. I'm. I'm just so blessed to be able to do this, and you know, God has given me the strength and. And, uh, you know, things like that will start coming out, right? Even though they may be very skilled and talented in these areas. But when we say, boy, good job, good job, sometimes it it shows a picture into their heart. Because the other side is, yeah, I did do a good job, didn't I? Right? You know, boy, I'm really good at that. And again, there's nothing wrong with knowing you're good and living that out and and, uh, asking God to bless that. But even that is from God, right? The Holy Spirit's power has to be received. And our humility, or lack thereof, I think can give, is a fruit of that. Jesus continues in verse 8 with the reason the Holy Spirit's power is given when he says, And you will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses witnesses this power is for others this power is for others now i I suppose as i was looking at that today i suppose you could take that i don't mean that in the sense of it's not for me at all right but the power is given to us from the scripture is it not primarily to turn out to others it's not just given so it can flow into our lives and keep flowing in and keep flowing in and then have nowhere to go. Do you know what happens? <laughs> Not to be too whatever, but you either become like the Dead Sea or you become really spiritually fat, <laughs> right? We're meant to burn off that Holy Spirit energy. And herein lies a challenge for many of us because when, when we think of what we need, we usually think of ourselves, right? I do. I'm guilty of that, right? Boy, what do I what am I going to pray about today, God? Well, boy, I need this and I need this and can you help me with this? Now, we have lots of needs. It's okay. We can bring those to the Lord. And I do and I know that you do for health and for wisdom and encouragement and we could go on. I can't imagine not being able to ask God for those things. And I can think of those times when he has answered those prayers. But Jesus said the gift of the Holy Spirit was coming primarily so we could be a witness for Jesus in our world. And herein lies a bit of a, a bit of a secret. Maybe it's not a secret. When our prayers, our service, and our lives take an outward stance, in other words, we're not Dead Sea Christians, only receiving. No, we're we're giving. Christians, we're we're springs of living water. Christians, sure, there will be times of sickness. There will be times of confusion and discouragement even. But the opportunity to have God use us to impact others will give us joy in the midst of sickness as the prayers for others' healing gives us even more faith as we surrender our sickness to the Lord as we pray and help others with areas in their lives where they need direction where they need wisdom when they need wisdom from heaven i believe god will give us wisdom for our own lives as we journey with others and you know what who has time to be discouraged when we spend our time encouraging others you know what? I don't mean to make this sound simplistic. If we just do this, then we'll just get it all anyway, right? I don't mean to make it sound simplistic like that. But I confess that I'm a pretty selfish Holy Spirit hogger at times, right? I want his gifts for myself, but that is just not how it works. The power is for the outflow. It's to fill us up so we can flow out. To others, I like how one person put it that we would be so full of the Holy Spirit that when we are bumped, he comes out of us, right? That he comes out of us. And finally, this morning, the Holy Spirit will take us into new territory. He'll take us into new territory. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the ends of the earth. I'm reminded of our of our movie last night and you know it's good to be reminded of those that are on the front lines ministering around the world and they need our they need our support they need our prayer and they need our finances sometimes they need us to go. And as we read the New Testament in many ways this happened, right? As we read the the birth of the early church, the gospel spread beyond their little circle and it spread throughout the known world and it has come to us today so far away from Jerusalem. You know, there's a song I heard many years ago by the the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. And at the time, I would admit maybe I maybe I had a hard a hard head, but I didn't understand it completely, but I've Once in a while, it comes to mind, and I'm understanding it more and more. And this is how the course reads. Look away, hear him calling. Look away, see the lost. For the harvest fields are ripe. We must work before the night. Lift your eyes and look away. Look away. As I've reflected on these lyrics, it's so easy to look at ourselves and to just look here but God has called us to look other places, to look away. You know what? I, uh, I've, I've come, you know how when you move to an area, there's things that you just start saying that are kind of local, localisms or whatever. Um, you know, out would, uh, I East, if you weren't from Nova Scotia, you were from away, <laughs> right? That you're from, oh, you're from away, right? And, And, uh, you know, that that had its own challenges because you could have lived there for 40 years and you're still from away, but that's another, uh, that's another story. Um, but sometimes we don't look away at all, right? We don't look beyond our own little circle or our city and we get tempted, right? And I've, I've heard this and there's part of me that understands this in certain settings, but You know, I've heard people say, we should look after, you know, our own country. You know, what are we doing having anything to do with another country? And there's a bounce there, and I get that. But Jesus said, you'll receive power to be my witnesses, not just in this little circle. Not so you disciples and those that are my followers, so they can just get more mature in your faith. Not so, no, so... It can go beyond, go beyond, and so he said to look to Jerusalem. And you know, I've I've been challenged in some teaching that this maybe uh, Jesus was kind of mapping something out for us here, because we can see in the New Testament that that it indeed it did indeed go from Jerusalem and into Samaria and the area and then beyond. But what was Jerusalem to them, right? It's the holy city, we sometimes say, but it was their city, right? It was, it was their city, and, and we need to look to our own city. What does God want to do in our city? What would the power of the Holy Spirit have us do to be a witness for Christ in our city? You know, we, uh, we shared this past Wednesday, just, you know, what, uh, what do you see as some of the needs in your city? And uh, as we think of Thunder Bay and Bruce Mines and Fastika, and there's some common, there's some common denominators there, but are there things that need to that God wants us to reach out with his hands? Are there those that are hungry? Are there those that are sick that need praying for or is there those that are hopeless that need hope? Do we need to share the good news with our neighbors? We need to look. What does God want to do in our city? How does he want us to be witnesses? And it says to look to Jerusalem and to Judea. And Judea was the area, the whole region. What does God want to do in our region? You know, as we talked about the needs, it seems like addiction and substance abuse has such a hold on so many, not just in our city, but across, really, it's an epidemic in our nation, but across the north, especially, And sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure what to do. But he's called us to look, to not just look to ourselves. My family's okay, so I don't need to worry about them. He hasn't really given us that that option. A Holy Spirit-filled, power-pumped Christian (laughs) says, What can I do? What can I do? He said to look to samaria and we know that in jesus day the samaritan people were looked down on they kind of were uh, for lack of a a better word they were half-breed people like as as the jewish thought they weren't pure and they kind of as an ethnic group they were looked down on that's why it's so significant when jesus talked to the samaritan the samaritan woman would the holy spirit have us intentionally reach out to the marginalized people in our community that may be different than us. You know, on, on a first glance, North Bay is pretty white and predominantly English, right? We've got quite a bit of French, but it's pretty, you know, if you just kind of took a, a quick look. But as we open our eyes, there are indigenous people, many. There are people of color. There are I think of the gentleman that came into the Tim Hortons on Castle Street with a turban on in our community. There are, there are obviously uh, foreign students, and uh, you know it's, they stick out <laughs> sometimes, right, that have come to our city. They speak maybe a different language than us. And I don't believe the Scripture gives us the option of just ignoring them. I find it ironic that sometimes we are so excited about sending someone there, but when people come here, we don't know what to do (laughs) in the church. How would God have us reach out to our Samaria? And of course, we know how to fill this in. We look to the ends of the earth. We look to the ends of the earth. I think of Samaritan's Purse, right, and Operation Christmas Child. I think of Christian Salvage Mission, where we send books to pastors in need around the world. That, uh, that need those resources and can't afford them. I think of our missionaries in Nicaragua and our change for change offering and, and the orphans in the Ukraine that we help. And, and we always need to be praying and looking for ways that we can look even to the ends of the earth. I want to invite the team back if you'd come. What a gift we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate what God is doing. But the Holy Spirit is always it always leading us forward. He's always leading us forward. So where does he want to take you? Where does he want to take me? How is the Holy Spirit challenging you to turn his power forward? outward. Thanks so much for listening today. It's our prayer that you would discover the love, joy, and purpose found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We would love to hear from you or better yet, why not visit us? You can find out more about our church at our website, LaurentianChurch.com Laurentian Wesleyan Church Following Christ, Growing Together